Hello, and welcome to Scuttlebutt, the war movie review podcast. We're happy to have you with us as we take a look at films from the dawn of cinema to today. We aim to provide a raw and unapologetic review of each film's cinematography, historical accuracy, and delivery. In the process of analysis, certain details will be revealed. These spoilers are only divulged to ensure a fair assessment of each film. We head to Afghanistan this week with Paul Cadis's 2014 Global War on Terror epic, Kilo 2 Bravo. As always, I'm joined by Mike A. Hello. Mike B. Yes, sir. And Nate. Shop. <laughs> I was just hoping the crunch would be the I'm entire... hoping it'll be. A prior, you know, I, th- I thought about it, but yeah. It came through. It came through. You're yeah. good. So, guys, what'd you think? Oh, man. Um, well, I guess I'll go first. I... Uh, yeah. I had I didn't know anything about this. You know, I didn't look it up beforehand or anything like that. Brian just texted us and said, "Hey, this is the movie we're watching." Like, "All right, fine. Here's the link to it. All right, let me watch this thing." And about 20 minutes into it, it changed completely. And I was on the edge of my seat from that point until the very end of the movie, and I was captivated and terrified and i thought it was very interesting well done very moving and i loved it yeah um this was um again same thing the whole like you know whenever brian suggests a film i'm like okay because he's a fucking cinephile but uh this thing uh yeah same thing five minutes in i was like oh this is legit and then it just got worse and wor- not worse in like a, a a film way, but like the situation got worse and worse and worse. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, it's really heavy shit. So basically I was viewing a squad or a platoon rather, but like a squad mainly of British soldiers in Helmand in 2006 walking into a fucking awful situation and that happens so often and the the acting the writing the directing was way more than i expect something like this to be because it was so i i had to walk away a few times because i was like jesus fucking christ i had to walk away take a take a breather you know and i'm like okay but um yeah it was um it's a very pun, not necessarily intended, but for joking, yeah. Uh, it was very impactful, and it was very—I think it was very good. Um, and yeah, we'll just go from there. So, Nate. Um, yeah. So, I, I think same thing like the other two. I'm I I normally try to stay away from trailers. Um, try to stay away from you know anything that can spoil a plot nowadays, unless it's like, you know, unless it, the movie's actively coming out, I really like don't do any research, um, on the trailer side of stuff. But, uh, you know, you always kind of take a look at the IMDb and you go, okay, I know these, some of these guys, like there's a few game of Thrones actors in this film. There's a couple other people like that. And it's like, okay. Um, I'm like, all right, this is like, at first I thought it was Bravo or Bravo two zero because my dyslexia kicked in and I'm just oh, like, Oh, me too. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of the same title. I'll probably, yeah, probably call yeah. it that too a few times, <laughs> yeah. but like, um, yeah. and then, um, but then I was like, Oh, right. It's a different movie. And 
like I think the other two, it's like was not expecting it, was waiting for, you know, Taliban ambush drop that never comes, and it's literally just fighting, you know, the environment of a war, of the previous war. Like, it's insane. And although I could predict what was going to happen through camera placement and cinematography, um, both were top-notch. Uh, I was not expecting the third and fourth landmine stuff. That 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 definitely threw me for a loop. But when the second one, when they angled the camera with that open gap, I'm like, that guy's going to fucking... I'm like, and right there and like right like i literally counted down um but there were moments in this film that really made me cringe i even like cringed and like started like like doing that like nervous chuckle you get where you're just like you're uncomfortable like i was doing that a few times uh so um but no this the long story short i thoroughly enjoyed this film it's a breath of fresh air in terms of the monotony of a and monotony doesn't normally mean bad but it just means like this is a war film without it being a war film in a conventional sense and i think it plays a huge part in the human psyche with sound with cinematography with placement with everything and i think it does a very good job with what it does um very pleasantly surprised through the whole thing you guys wait. One of these weeks, you're going to get a text that's going to say G.I. Jane. God. But uh, no, it's, uh, it's a very interesting film. And this is uh, we have Sean to blame as well for this trauma. So thank you, Sean, friend of the channel. Um, yeah, it's a very interesting film. You know, it starts out much differently than how it ends. And I was not expecting what we saw, you know. And I think the biggest thing for me is just watching it and at the end they have the tribute and I'm like, Oh, this is real. This is, this is like real, not like Coen brothers real. Like, you know, this, like this happened and I looked it up and it's like, Oh fuck. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. So I had a much different opinion until I saw that. And after the first 20 minutes, so I don't get into it, everything, but it's, it's very well done. It's very interesting. And it's great to see the war in Afghanistan, at least from a different perspective, because I've seen so many like lone survivors and that kind of shit um the outpost great story you know we know jonesy stuff but again the american side of the war in afghanistan has been told so many different ways it's just refreshing to see a, a new way and on top of that you know bravo 2-0 is a very interesting film but it's based you know off pure fiction like when you look at the real story about what happened to those guys so it's really as well refreshing to get a british story from the war that actually is 100 percent true None of this, you know, we fought off brigades of Iraqis and bullshit. It's like, no, this is this is a real story. And it was just, yeah, it was nice and refreshing. And on top of all that, it's Afghanistan is fucking insane for how many mines there are. If you look into any of the history of the fighting there, the Soviets just fucking dropped tens of thousands of them out the back of fucking planes. The butterfly mines, they had mines that look like child, like child's toys and everything. Like, it's insane. They're everywhere. And, you know, it's, yeah. All those EUD TV shows you see, you know, it's just, it, it was a very neat subject. And there's another film we've done before um, with the touches on mines. It was Land of Mine. Land of Mine, yeah. And yep. that, that's an interesting film. I, I didn't, that one didn't, you know, spark too much interest with me. But this is such another interesting rehashing of the same thing of, you know, fighting something you can't see. 
So it's a it's a very good movie. Yeah, very good. Um, I uh, it uh, I I know what you're saying, Nate. Like there are some beats where you could tell when the you know the mine is gonna go off. You know, just by the way it's directed and the sound editing and all that. Um, but uh, even so, even though every I was still like every time someone would walk, it was eventually it was just like holy fuck, holy fuck. And uh, also every time a mine did go off, I kind of had the same feeling that everyone else did, where it's like, oh god, who was it? Who got it? How bad are the injuries? You know, and it took a minute for the dust to settle until they would reveal it, just like how it would be in real life. And um, I mean, guys are getting hit like multiple times. You know, there's the the, the there's this like guys out there, and eventually, I mean, one guy gets his entire inside of his armpit torn apart, and then uh, the, the one goes off after that, and it blows his like lip off. Like Jesus Christ, you know. Um, yeah, that the, well, it me- melted his lip, but lip yeah. melted his lip. Yeah, it, it's fucking gross. Yeah, it's and, disgusting. Yeah, it, it was like even though yeah, they, it's predictable in some of the the, the cinematography kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, telegraphing. There we go. That's the word. Yep. It yep, doesn't take word. away from how fucking impactful <laughs> this film is. Right. Like, like I mean, it it it's it's a very, 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 very great example of when a sound department a uh the cinematographer and the director all on one on one page and the editor it is very much a, a an example of all the parts working together to to form that because how many of these films have we done where that doesn't happen mm-hmm. or it's like this is great but the music what the fuck or yeah. you know which by the way there's a lack of music in this whole yep, entire film mm-hmm. so it works perfectly mm-hmm. but i just want to bring this up now because i'll say it like this I want to hire the people that did the fucking visual effects as far as like the props oh, yeah. for the wombs on this film because they oh were so God. well done. Like yeah. as someone who has not been in combat, who's watched it from afar and seen trauma from afar, like, holy shit, you know, knowing as much as I know, wow, it was, there's no real film out there that's really like this, that, that captures just the vividness of, of, you know, a physical injury. Yeah. Uh, fuck. And you the know? reaction, the reaction of the people to that, because one guy just goes, "Oh, I can't remember names. I'm sorry, I don't remember names very well in real life. Like in movies, it's even harder. But like, yeah, the the the, the wounds that were sustained looked amazing. I don't want. I'm not saying that in a good way. I'm saying that in a both good and bad way, but." The people who sustained the wounds, their reactions were what I was impressed with. Is because you've got one guy, his fucking leg is gone, or most of his leg is gone, and he's just sitting there going, All right, yeah, okay, just give me morphine. Just, just, just do that, you know? I'm, oh, fuck, this sucks. The other guy is like fucking screaming. And different people have different. Um, levels of pain they can tolerate. They, they tolerate pain in, in a different way. And the fact that they portrayed that, that's a, that's one of the things that got me a little bit, was like, they're showing the one guy screaming, and the one guy just going, oh, hmm, just put a tourniquet on that, you know, do this, do that. All right, I'll be good. And the other guy's just fucking, you know, and they're like, you got to shut up, dude. You got you to gotta, you gotta fucking shut up. And that was very poignant in the way of, conveying how it 
actually is with people. So, Mike? Yeah, that's what the very very first one the the guy who gets his the first guy who gets his leg blown off what i i was really impressed with with that and what i knew like okay this isn't going to be your your kind of average war film is that he steps on the mine and immediately right afterwards he starts just yelling contact contact like just the adrenaline is going mortars mortars yep yeah and he's just like freaking out and then he comes up he's like dude you stepped on a landmine he's like oh and then the pain hits him at that point you know, uh, Nate hit his hand up first. Go ahead, Nate. Um, I'm, I'm the, to, to, to talk to you about the guy who is screaming, uh, in the end, they say that he's, um, the guy, he said he wasn't reacting. He was like, you know, constantly freaking out. Apparently he was, he could not, uh, handle morphine. Yeah. It like, said that like, at the end. Like, oh yeah. He, he, he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was immune so to it. So I thought that was, yeah. a, I thought that was a good interpretation. Immune to it. Thank you. And then but the even second... before he got his morphine shot, he was, he was fucking screaming. Right, right. Yeah. No. And, and it's like. People handle pain differently. People handle trauma differently. That's oh yeah. Everybody's different, and they conveyed that so uncomfortably well in this film that it was one of the good things. Brian, the guy, the sniper, the first guy that stepped on the uh, landmine, yep. saw the incident. He mentioned that when he when it happened, he thought it was a mortar shell that landed. That was yep. his first yeah. reaction. He had no idea that he stepped on a landmine. So that's why he yelled contact and everything, because yeah. in his mind, he thought that they were being shelled because of, of everything that was going on. Because he was like, well, they, he just clicked, like, we're probably being watched. They got us in a shitty situation. So I uh, I rewound that a couple times. And what I love, too, is that when he's screaming, it's because, like, the guy comes up to help him and he's like, get your eyes up there. He's like, look up there. He's like trying to, and, uh, mm-hmm. and he goes, he, he said, the guy's saying to him, calm down, calm down. And he goes, look at my fucking finger. Don't tell me to calm down. <laughs> yeah you know yeah it was it was so fucking real like that's yeah. that's how people react like if you step on a fucking mine a your body's in shock b you go to your training and you go contact right that's what you do like that's what people who are uh, people who are in the military and like have been in combat zones you go to your fucking training immediately when you're a new guy right and even if you're not a new guy, like you just, that's it, it just bam. It's like a, it's not even a fucking thought. It's just muscle memory. And to yell at contact mortars incoming 100% accurate. Yep. I love 100%. that. 100%. Um, because you'll go ahead, Nate. Well, I was going to say, I know why you think that the, uh, visual or the, uh, prosthetic effects are really good. I just looked up the guy and what he's worked on. He worked on a uh, 28 days later, uh, Hellboy 2, Golden Army, The Titan, Assassin's Creed, Napoleon, Napoleon, The Man Who Fell Out to Earth. Oh, yeah. Uh, like tons of high budget last you know, 20 years of visual effects, of uh, prosthetic visual effects. And they got him for this film. I need that yeah. guy's agent. <laughs> now, here, now, talking on that, though, because I'm looking at that, this is what I like. Mm-hmm. always look up. This is the last film the director's ever done. Well, he should continue. I mean, it, it's funny. This I, is 2014, uh, so it's I like... Tried, I tried to look it up a little bit, too. Um, this movie, it's not like this is a major blockbuster or anything. I couldn't really it, find a whole lot of info It did really poorly, it. at least in terms of numbers I could find. And that pisses me off, because it's like, when I was watching this, and same with the movie that we watched before, this one, I'm like, this is the kind of war movie that I want to make. You know, these are the kind of war movies that I want there to be made. This is the kind of stuff I want there to be mainstream. I don't. Why isn't this on Netflix? You know, mm-hmm. put this shit on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Get, I mean, like, you have Mosul on Netflix, which is good. Have this also on there. Like, why do I have to like dig and you know through shit to to find gems like this? Go ahead, Brian. 
I can tell you why, why right now, and it's not a good answer, but it's the answer. War fatigue. 10 years, 13 years into the GWAT. I mean, people didn't give a shit. I don't care uh, what as, the as fuck much the as that sucks. About. No, I know that, but it just it came out it, it, 10, 15 years into something that, you know, it's people in middle school were born after 9-11. You know, there's a lot of films from the mid teens that do whatever just are great, but they're just not really well known. But, and, yeah. you know, just as we know, it can come down to bad distribution. There's a million different reasons why films, you know, don't end up where they need to be. But uh, yeah, it's just it, it sucks. But. You know, I mean, you can make a movie about the politics in war and stuff like that. That's fine. But like this kind of movie, like you could put this story in any war, you know, correct. Yeah. 100%. Right. And it's like it doesn't that's just strip all of the fucking. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, this is war on terror and all that stuff has nothing to do with that. Yeah. No, but it's such a relatable story because it's like, okay, their particular situation is landmines, right? And I was always like, like you said, or whoever, I, th- I think Nate said it. Like I was always anticipating like the, the ambush. Okay. You get caught with your pants down. Literally. It never happens. It keeps you on edge though, because those guys were on edge. They had security, but it's like, if we get ambushed right now, we are completely and utterly fucked. fucked. I was waiting I mean, for it's it. It's going to be a hundred percent fucking yeah. casualty rate. Like that, that's it. Right. And, or, or they'll fucking take prisoners, prisoners which is even worse. And it's like, it keeps you on edge. The way it was directed, really not bad. I mean, it was, it showed, you know, okay, you're, you're on a small fucking like uh, a cop, right? And you've got this elite, uh, it's uh, thir- uh, third paras, right? Long story short, they've got their lineage from like fifth para and sixth para in World War II. They've been in pretty much every conflict since World War II. Third pairs, good, well-trained troops. And and then I was thinking that this was going to be a film about the replacement guy that gets into a signal guy. Like, but it wasn't. It was just like, oh, he just happened to fucking be there. And that's how it goes. You yeah, know? I was waiting and for it like, to be like the main character kind of situation. Right, exactly. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's what I was thinking. And I'm mm-hmm. like, because so many other films fucking just do that. It's like, well, that's not realistic. When, the, when a, a new guy comes in, okay okay, well, do this, and then go out. Oh, okay, this guy needs help. You're going to go out there with him. So it, it really portrayed that aspect so fucking well, among a bunch of others. But, Nate? Well, it, it kind of stayed with the main character, but it, it, it eludes you. Like, like the main character, the opening setup is the yep. medic. Yeah. Is is the medic guy swimming in the in the in the yep. in the the lake and he almost gets fish grenaded? Um, like which that, was funny as which shit. I thought was great. Yeah, yeah. I, and I and I like don't don't pick a fight with a midget with a gun. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, like, That's, like, yeah. like 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 you learn to, something. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> yep. like like cinematography. That was a beautiful shot and the way it opened up. I mean, the location they filmed on was gorgeous. I mean, I was I forgot to look that up. I'll look that up. In Probably second, Lebanon. But, a lot of yeah, something like Lebanon. that. Yeah. The the thing is the thing is though it's like it, it kind of stayed with the main character. Like if you look at it as the the, no, the it did cutter stuff. It's the medic, but it eludes you. Like you think it's going to be the new guy who comes in, and then right. and then you kind of don't focus on the medic for a while, and then you come back, and then yeah. he seems to be the sole kind of focus. And but it's yeah, and it's not it's not you like, know the guy the new guy was from the two sixteenth uh, parachute signal squadron because um, he's wearing the the shoulder flash. I'm not fluent in most of the British shoulder flashes. 
right? Or the um, whatever the fuck they call them. There, there's a name for them, but like the the the, the patch, right? And you, you would think that most movies would follow the new guy, right? And that's what I love that they didn't do. They followed the medic, but they also followed everybody. You know, and that's not common in film, Brian. So while we're here, you know, this is a two-pronged question in a way. First, uh, CGI, and secondly, um, you know, sets. So when it started, I was like, uh-oh. I was a little afraid because everything looked great, but it wasn't a lot of things. And, you know, the thing is, with this film is they got everything they needed for the later sequences of the film. They got everything really awesome, but that at scale for the dam and everything just doesn't look as impressive as it should. You know, you think that was CG? Is that what you're saying? No, no, sorry. That's what I mean. This is a two prong question. I'm saying that the gear, okay. everything I've seen it is awesome down to like the tourniquets and talcum powder and everything is right. Yep. Everything's Correct. real, you know, yep. but they only got enough for like, you know, a platoon. And when you scale it up to the size of the set for the dam in the beginning, it just makes it feel a little cheap, you know, because yes, they have these like fobs that are out there, but it just, I don't know. It felt like too. They're not fobs or cops or cop, but you know what I mean? Like it just felt too yeah. little for too I, much space. It felt more independent in the beginning until it got to the top and then it felt higher budget. And, and then once we get there and like, okay, you kind of get like a layout and, and night sets. That's when I feel like the real movie starts. Cause you have the whole night vision sequences that are very interesting, you know, how they're filmed and stuff. And you get this very interesting creative filmmaking where it's like, you know, they have a really, they got what they needed to tell the mind story. And they did everything they could to, to cover the rest of it with B-shots and stuff. And it's very good filmmaking. And, you know, the CGI Chinook <laughs> and things like that, that was interesting. Um, but It wasn't bad, I, though. Well, I'm saying there were scenes where it was like, yeah, okay. But there was very creative scenes, too, where, like, they used the drone, it looked like. And they used, like, an overlay of the end of, like, a, or the interior of a, of a Chinook to, like, you know, cover things. But... I'm just saying that they, they got everything they needed for the later sequences of the film. It's just how they use that in the beginning, you know, in my personal opinion, could have done a little bit better. Well, I think what you're saying kind of goes into what I said in my opening statement, which is that for me, the first like 10, 15, 20 minutes, I was just kind of like trying to kind of see where, where it was going. I'm like, okay, is this just going to be another we held the line movie? You know, like, is that what this is? Like, and... uh we held the hill. Right, we held the hill. I was waiting and, for that. I was waiting for, yeah, like, Bonsai Taliban right. Chinese. And at the very tactics. end of the movie, you're going to yeah. get this text. The, the such and such division held the hill for this long. No yeah. one ever said that Cluster Patton hill. needed to, cut, to come save them, you know, or something. Yeah. And, I was waiting uh, for that. And then and then when they go right. down the goat path into the into the riverbed, I'm like, right. it's, something's going to kick off or it's going to be a mine because they talked about Soviet mines. Right. So And uh, then... Blam! So, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's, in my opinion, yeah, like, once that, that's when the movie starts, like, for, for real. But before that, yeah, like, what all the things that you're kind of talking about, it is kind of like, all right, this seems kind of a little, we're starting out as generic war movie, but then it subverts, you know. And again, everything's, that's a real over that. It's all, it's, everything is awesome. Nothing is hokey. It's just how it's applied, you know, and it's, it's hard. It's like, again, they got everything needed for their story, but it's it's really hard to show a you know a cop or so, in full active use you know in oh yeah a war zone, and also when when you're you know? starting out filming 
you got a lot of kinks to work out. Oh, that you're it, like, oh shit, you know. Exactly. And that's why like I don't I don't really judge the first like usual 10, 15 minutes of a film as harshly. I'll I'll recognize things that they could have done better, whatever, but like I know how it goes now, so I'm like, okay. Once they got into the groove, that groove on this film, pretty damn good. But yeah, there's there's things in the beginning where I was like, why would you send your fucking your 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 uh, designated marksman out first? Okay, why would you do that? But they did that because they were dumb, and they were just like, oh whatever. Or he was dumb, you know. It's a real story, and they got all the info that they possibly could from that. Okay, I respect that. But at the beginning, you don't know, and you're just like, well. But the 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 thing that that got me. Like or, or hooked me in was the banter between the guys. Immediately, it was like, "Oh, the writing's going to be good on this one for once." Yeah. Jesus Christ! Like, okay. My, my favorite was five minutes in of the guy mocking the other guy, going, "For fuck's sake!" <laughs> like they mocking each other. Oh yeah, yeah with the yeah, same accent yeah, and everything. Because yeah, he knows what and, it's, say. and yeah. and it, and it's funny because you know with us being Americans, we don't at least me being an American, I won't speak for you guys, but for me being an American, it's like I know there's difference in accents and stuff like that, but I don't know where they are from. And for me, it's like it's probably the equivalent of a fuck some fucking schmuck from Chicago, and then the, like some fucking schmuck from New England, someone from down in Texas, and someone in California and Florida. It's like it's that difference. But it's just funny. It's funny because it's like even though I'm an American, I still know there's a difference in the accents and the delivery and all that kind of stuff. And I can see that all these people are from different areas, so you have that banter of joking back and forth with that. Yeah, they, they were most of those guys were from Northern England or Scotland. And, um, most of the guys, not all of them, but like, but third para is a, it's a very prestigious unit. Like it's a, it's like the 82nd airborne basically of the UK, right? It's a very prestigious unit to get into. And this, this unit happened to be filled with mostly Northern Britain and Scots, like with the accents. So I, um, I, there was not one actor that was weak in my opinion. No, my God. These actors were only from Blood Loss. God damn it, Brian. Fucking ass I, I will admit that, that that took me a full second. I'm sorry. Yeah, it took me yeah, uh, hey, we got yeah, it at the yeah. same time. So. I think it's a compliment, to be honest. You know. No, but the, okay, so let's let's comment on that because the actors there was not one who I saw who was not completely a soldier in this film. Like that is literally how soldiers from whatever fucking country you're in, you have different slang and all that shit. That's how they act. Yeah. Um, well, the thing is this great too, is that like in a horrible situation like that, like a guy gets his fucking leg blown off when they're mm-hmm. treating him, like one of his, his car, he's like, please just tell me my dick is still there. And he goes, yeah, it's still there. It's still small. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. you're, oh, yeah. still, you're still bullshitting them and everything. It's great. And I did it like too, the guys that are responding and like putting the tourniquets on are kind of shook. Yeah. And they're, they're like, huh? All right. And then they're trying to say Kong because they don't want to upset the person. And that's how it is in real life. Like mm-hmm. you, you're going through your thing of like, Oh God, this guy's fucked. But okay. Um, and then you, you get past it. You go back to your training and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm just gonna put a tourniquet on here. And the one guy is like saying, "Put a fucking tourniquet here," and 
I'm like, okay, yep. And then they're, uh, here's the thing too, is the one thing that they didn't show in the film. And I, I understand why is, so they got the tourniquets tight and they're like, oh, it hurts. It hurts. In real life, you get it tight. And then you have this, like, um, this, um, stick on them. That's built yeah. in. Yeah. And you crank it. I mean, you're literally. They, they kind of showed that on one of them, but not. they, they kind of, but they, they yeah. didn't. And I'm, I'm glad they didn't because that, that might've been too graphic for a lot of people to watch. Cause it is when you're doing that blood comes out of the wound really hard. And then the, the pain is so fucking immense because you're literally, your body's reacting to getting an entire appendage cut off of circulation. And it's like the pressure that's on there. It's a wound. But no, you, you crank them down until the bleeding stops. Not until they stop screaming. You're like, okay, the faucet is off now. And it's usually, uh, I mean, it, it's very graphic and it's very fucked up. But here's the thing is that's what saves lives. That's why most of those guys survived. You know, it's because they had tourniquets. I and t- that's it. Yeah. Sorry, go keep going. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, I, I should have thought of that because, yeah, I have seen footage and things about tourniquets and stuff, and they have that stick on there. Or, like, in World War II, they talk about, like, putting yep. a stick in there itself and doing that, you know, like. Yeah, and it's yeah. It, it's really vile and graphic, but if it's going to save your buddy's life, you don't give a shit at that point how much pain he's in mm-hmm. because you're like, no, I don't want you to die. So right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to twist this fucking thing. As hard as it's going to go until the bleeding stops. Mm-hmm. And then I'm surprised they had morphine too, but that's another thing. Go ahead, Brian. All I have to add is that, yeah, and there's these two like eight pillars that you use to lock it in place. And then for the tourniquet. Yeah, they, they have that built yeah, in. On, 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 yeah, on, on the, the cats. So yeah, it's not like you have cats. to like hold it or anything. It's like you get it to. No, it, no. Yeah, you, you, just, you set it in there once it's at that point, yep. And then it's like, yeah. Because I but ended it, up it with It fucking some... hurts. Like oh, yeah. we, we, we did training tourniquets like when we weren't wounded, like for CLS or uh, Combat Lifesaver and shit. And apparently that doesn't mean anything to certain people that were at uh, Ohio. But I, we would do that to each other, and we would, like, tighten them down, and, like, we would ratchet it down a little bit. And I'm like, ah, god damn it. And medic's like, all right, you're done. That is about 10% of the way that you need to go to stop bleeding on an appendage. And I'm like, oh, my god. So, yeah, go ahead. That reminds me, one of my favorite scenes from the film, and it just kind of goes to show, you know, how you never know when you're going to have to use training is when the one guy's lung is collapsed. Oh, and Oh my God. That's like, I had to step away just, for a bit. God, yeah. me. And he's like, that was two years ago. I, like a drunk weekend in Belfast. I, I don't remember. And it's just like, <laughs> no, the, that so, okay. was a great scene. Let's talk about that because like, I, he was, he was true. saying, I knew so it was true. going, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to interrupt you because I, so that is one thing that I've never seen portrayed in any film whatsoever is what's called a tension pneumothorax, right? They never called it that he got hit through the right lung and you could tell, and it's like, and he's sitting there and he's, he's going, Oh fuck. I know what this is. Cause when you have training, you, you can get back to that and know that, okay, my lung is collapsed. I can't breathe. And what happens for people that are listening, it, it's really fucking graphic, but it's, something that happens not just in the military, but like it can happen anytime you get a punctured chest cavity is it's that scene was done so well. Um, so there's air getting into your lung cavity, right? It's not allowed to get out. And so you've got a bunch of air around your lung and you cannot expand your lung to breathe. 
It's a collapsed lung. That's what the, 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 like the layman terms for it. And the, 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 I guess, medical term is the tension pneumothorax, right? So what the, the only solution you have in that is to get some way to get the air in that cavity out of the fucking chest cavity so your lung can expand and you can breathe. Okay. Well, what they did in the film was exactly correct. When he's like, he's telling the one guy... You have to cut between the second and third intercostal space, which is the second and third rib, like down from what well, you guys can't see me, but like uh, people are listening. It's your second and third rib down from your collarbone. And it's not that far down from your collarbone. And either you, the old way was to cut an incision in there and put a flutter valve on there and get air out. So air couldn't get back in there. And then you, you seal the, the, the wound itself and what they did is they eventually got the fucking 12 gauge needle. It's a giant needle. So if you if you if you ever got an IV, that's about a 22 gauge needle most of the time, right? Sometimes they're 18, but it's it's a big needle. A 12 gauge needle is literally a metal garden hose. And what you do is to relieve that the air inside of that your 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 rib cage, you punch this giant fucking needle in between the second and third intercostal space, in between the ribs, because it won't puncture the lung, but it'll still be, it'll still have access to the air that's in there, and you punch it in through there, and then you pull the needle out after you hear the pop hiss, because you hear a like they did in the film. It wasn't as it wasn't as real, but it, like it was good, and so he hears that, and then all of a sudden you, there's a catheter that's on the side of the needle. You pop that in there. It's a piece of plastic, so it's softer. You pull the needle out, and then you apply tape around there and all that shit. That's a temp. It's also a very temporary solution to get to a hospital. So they did that in this film, and I literally cringed. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta, I gotta take a step back because they did it so well. And they, it's never been on any other film because that w- if if you've got a if you've got a tension pneumothorax, you're fucked. Especially if you're wounded, you need more oxygen. If your one lung is completely not working, you're fucked. But they did that, and then you hear the And then it's like, okay. And it's extremely painful. It's disgusting. But it works, you know? And they portrayed that in this film, and it was, like, really good. Really good. Go ahead, Brian. And the whole sequence leading up to it, too, of just, like, the back and forth of, like, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. I'm not comfortable doing this. Right. And the guy is, like, I'm going to die. Um, and, again, his clumsy hands on top of the guy with, like, that, what to do. And then the medic is just, like, oh, one, two. And he uses his fingers to measure the distance from the clavicle. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's your, it, it, it's your it, second knuckle. Yeah. yeah. And just, yep. again, you can tell with the just the hands. It's, like, an experience, someone with experience versus, like, that was I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. It, it just it was very well done. And this is also um, 2006 before they started really teaching us. Yeah, it's two it's 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 two mm-hmm. knuckles, but you also have to feel go through the clavicle one, two, and between the second and third, and you punch here. They taught us that. So this is 2006. They had been teaching that to the medics, but not to the grunts. Hmm. I think this has come up in other films. I want to say there's an older film that has something like this, but I can't remember off the top of my head, so I don't want to say it. But I I know in Lone Survivor, one of the guys has a collapsed lung that doesn't get treated, Did, and he slowly dies. The sniper. Yeah, 
the one of the DMR guys, and that's very well depicted of what happens when, you know, you just slowly, slowly lose. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because your heart starts being faster because you don't have enough oxygen and it starts to overcompensate. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's... You basically uh, suffocate. But this is, only, this is the only film that I've seen that... You where, where It's actually treated. No, yeah. On the spot. And the guy's that, reaction, too, is... Yep. I mean, I've never seen that happen in real life, obviously, but, like, the guy's react when, it, when he just puts it in, he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. And you can hear the hissing. It's just like, Dude, uh, that needle whoa. is so... It's like the size of a fucking pen, basically. Yeah. Right. Well, not not this big, but like it's about half the half the width of a pen, half the mm-hmm. diameter. It's a big needle, and it's mm-hmm. long. And when you, yeah, and so yeah, that it was it was a hell of a hell of a depiction of how to treat that particular kind of uh, wound. Yeah. And the guy lived. Thank fucking god. Yeah. <laughs> So what? it's like, yeah, that was that was one where I'm just like, oh, I got I got to get to get breather for a second because it's like, whew. Yeah, there were a couple of those in this. I mean, like I say, every time a landmine went off, I was like, oh my god, like how much? Who else got it? You know, how bad is it? Hey, and, Michael, uh, want a water? <laughs> you know, um, what? Also, another great moment where I was like, okay, this movie is they actually have the balls to make this something more than it could be is when that Chinook came in and they're like, don't. No, we no, we're not we're not loading onto that, you know. And uh, they wave them off, and the Chinook takes off the the, the first rescue copter to come in, and they're like, yeah. they don't get on it, and um, like, no, we're not wandering through the mines. And then also when the guys are when they do finally come to save them, they're rappelling down, and they're like, don't land, don't land, you know. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was <laughs> waiting for one of the Blackhawk guys to eat it. Yeah, it, yeah, it and that's the thing is they could have, but they didn't. Yeah, it didn't happen. But like with this movie, I'm like, I don't know at this point, dude. Like, if it could, so go ahead, Brian. And that was a real Blackhawk. Mm. That oh, was yeah. like, you know, that, that was, was a real, real. shit hook too. Yeah, the, that the, was when they actually a came real close. shit hook. <laughs> I, I don't think they had a real Chinook for this. I, it looked, it looked that looked unbelievably real, real. That looked real to me. Wait, what scenes? Because in the beginning, the, the ones they don't. Where they're coming in, and they're like trying to land. I think that's all CGI. No, you think so? No, 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 no. It's real, but I think it's comped, and that might be why your eye is is being angry about it, and you think it's CG. I think it's CG placed, but it's a real Chinook. The part where also the the, where the camera is inside the back and the guy's going like this, and they're like that is green screened. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah, it's a real it's it's a real Chinook, but they they're comping it within the scene. That might be right. why you're 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 saying it's CG, which in a way you it, you're correct. I'm just saying like a full like rendered out Chinook. No, that's a real Chinook. Yeah. It's by Compton. Uh, just all the Chinook scenes are enhanced, it's, and it's not like they do enhanced. a good yeah. job. They they believe me. Yeah. I'm not knocking it. I've seen I, even some, though I am, oh, I've seen some, uh, some tunnel far rats? worse, uh, some far worse <laughs> aircraft in movies. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I've seen one where the blades weren't even moving. What was the one? <laughs> what was the one we were joking about? Like even the, the first perspective in Platoon or something is bad. The Covenant. No, there the was covenant. a. No, the Covenant no, has a terrible AC-130 scene in yep. that. There's a part in. Oh. Uh, it, there, there's that shot in Platoon though where it's like just the the, the jets. Like, yeah, that's the one. Like the perspective. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. It's like a black shadow of it, but. Um, yep. Uh, yeah, I've seen uh, Generation Kill. Also, all of the aircraft are CGI in that. Yep. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. But, you know, the Blackhawk, that was real for sure. And because you could tell just like the, the freaking downdraft in the, oh, yeah. mm. you know, everything. And same with the shit hook. It's like, it was <laughs> like he's, what? I just, Ooh. I love that. That's what they're shit called. Yeah. That's what we call them, shit hooks. Yeah. I know. I just, I don't hear it that often. When it, it makes me laugh. And when it flew over, the first thing I thought of is that, you know, once you know, you know, is that, oh, here comes the fucking burning transmission oil. Hydraulic fluid. Yeah, hydraulic fluid. fluid. Like it's ah. it's red. It's hot, yeah. and it's it, it <laughs> and does it's burn. coming for your back. Yep. That's what. I, yeah, I asked. I mean, even Don, who was in Vietnam, like I was like, <laughs> were they were they were they leaking hydraulic fluid? He goes, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. If they're not leaking, they're not working. Like there's something wrong. So yeah. It's the same um, about but, If not marking their territory, they're out of oil. Dude, we. Oh, I I cannot express to you how many times I've had hydro hot hydraulic fluid. From a shit hook flying over me, like at about a hundred feet going to the helipad, just it's leaking constantly. There's just shit dripping off of it. And anyway, um, but yeah, that those scenes, those scenes were not they're forgivable, I'll say. We'll just say that. So um yeah, but the tension in Mothorax scene was really Yeah graphic. So was the rest of them. Like how they're actually treating the casualties is how you treat casualties. Well, yeah. Right? And, uh, sorry, was someone going to say something? No, go ahead. Okay. What I love, too, uh, in that is that that's it, it's not all perfect. I mean, like, that guy, he has his armpit, you know, all oh. fucked up. And this guy's, yeah, he's trying to tell him what to do, the main medic guy. And eventually he's like, it's not going to always like, okay, we'll just forget the, the tourniquet then. You know, it's like... Well, you can't put it... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. like, you can't put a tourniquet on there because... With that, you need you need what's called combat gauze, which didn't come out until like a year later. Mm. It's like got a clot and that kind of stuff. Well, they had that, but it burns you really bad. It and in that kind of wound, you don't want to put right? quick clot in there because it's next to a vital organ or multiple. Oh, vital and organs. you get seepage. Yeah, yeah, and you get seepage. And but combat gauze has a less caustic hemostatic agent in it, and you can pack at least the outside. That's where. That's why when the guy was like. I just got to see where the blood's coming from or where it's going. And he's like, oh, shit, it's going into his cavity. Like, you know, fuck, how do I do this? And that 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 was a tough wound. Like, that was, how the hell do you treat that? But I'm pretty sure, did, I think, was that the guy that died or I think he yeah. survived? Yeah, he he no, died. that's the one he died. He's the guy with yeah, the because, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was like, that. that's a really... Unless you get immediate medical, like professional medical attention, it it it's just it's so bad. Not because, not sitting three hours in a fucking well, and also field. the infection gets in there and all the dust and all the shit. And it's like, yeah, and I mean, you what do you do? Like you, the guy did everything he possibly could. Yeah, well, you know, and, uh, but, you know, because finally when he says fuck the tourniquet, the medic eventually takes a shirt and just packs it in there. And that's all you can point, do. Yeah, and at one point he says, "Oh, I'm gonna take a look," and he lifts up, and it just looks like, you know, fucking cooked meat in there. And it's like, <laughs> god, god yep. damn it! Like, yeah. what? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Um, no, you're not gonna eat some, green hey, barbecue tonight. I'm make some this, dinner tonight. Yeah. Hey, man, this is the shit. You know that we're talking about it, and yeah, I'm gonna say what it is. <laughs> Michael, can you describe your movie about Omaha Beach in two words? Cooked. Meat. <laughs> Thank you. More at seven. <laughs> no, that was a that was a nasty wound. That like I'm, they actually again the prosthetic guy. Yeah, 
fucking nailed it. Working in it, it zombies looked, movies, man. He yeah. Gets, like, he knows what it's well, about. Well, dude, it looked because he was moving. <laughs> yeah. He was moving, and the thing was moving with him. Mm-hmm. And that's what made it like, I'm like, because uh, usually when you put a prosthetic on, like, the person can move, but the prosthetic's just going to kind of do its own thing. Yeah. And there, it won't move. There are prosthetics, like, bad prosthetics where you could like someone moves you just see like the wrinkles in the seam of the rubber and shit like that you know but i didn't see that at all on this go ahead brian when he moved his arm and it was the two different colors of flesh that was that was nasty really like because you get because wombs have depth i mean oh yeah i sliced my head open once and i saw it down to the nerve endings and it's like oh when you see that it's like holy shit you know it's like a fucking layer cake another thing that's a layer cake um another thing that uh that was really impressive with this and from what i could tell accurate is that with these kinds of explosives go off too like there's this at the speed of light this burn that these guys you know yes. get yeah and it's like yeah, you don't you, see, the naked eye can't see it but it happens it's such a that's what I, I think i talked about this a lot on uh this pod and like just to you guys but like movies get it wrong they're like this huge fiery thing no when explosives go off, there's a quick flash, but it is intense. I mean, thousands of degrees of heat in in one instant. And yeah, you're going to get burns if you're close enough. Yeah, and there's it, a lot of burns. It's it's uh, Mine's terrifying me to unholy hell because they're meant to maim. They're yes. not meant to kill. And maiming is It's awful. a demoralizer. Yeah. It's fucking awful. And it takes assets to get you out. I mean, that's the whole goal is to yes. do exactly what this did. Slow unfortunately, you down. Un- yes, unfortunately, it is meant for, you know, it was meant for Afghans 20 years before, you know. Yeah. Brian? The only mines made to kill are those late war Japanese uh, living anti-personnel mines. Mm. Mm-hmm. About that. Mines. Yeah. It's like a guy with a 200... No, it's like a... Guy underground with a hammer and a 250 pound aircraft bomb. Oh. And they'd, they'd, <sighs> they'd listen and, and they hear tracks, you just hit it. So, Sorry, you know, there's <laughs> really no getting away from that. But. I will say this I would say, how about, how about landmines specifically from Cold War on are meant to maim? World War II, they were meant to maim, but I felt like they were more, uh, less like, I'm going to blow your foot off. So there was a lot of anti tank. more just, I'll kill you. Two. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. personal can't this off but go ahead so at the uh, museum i used to work at towards the end we got a huge donation of like 30 landmines this guy was a landmine collector and oh my god they made fucking gas landmines in the 50s like (laughs) the amount of fucking crazy shit that they tried to put in explosives in the ground is crazy and you know the soviets like i mentioned earlier they dropped mines basically out of planes all over the country to interdict certain areas and if you really want to like learn about how crazy mining can get and countermining and things, look into Rhodesia. The fight in Rhodesia in the 60s and 70s is just chock full of this like crazy mining and shit. And I had this awesome, uh, this guy was in the Rhodesian SES memoir where he basically, he like parachuted into Zimbabwe and destroyed train lines so they couldn't get supplies, you know, for the rebel groups and stuff. And he talks about how you countermine putting mines into the ground. So, like, there was a German trick during the Second World War where you take an American hand grenade and you put it underneath a teller mine so that when you're trying to, you know, work on the teller mine, the hand grenade falls out and it explodes. The Germans also had, like, these things where they would put fuses on the bottom of the teller mines so that if you tried to pull it up, it would 
get pulled from the bottom would explode. There's so many different ways to like countermine and, and booby trap these things and stuff. And this fucking Rhodesian memoir is like, if you do like these four different things, like you'll make a mine that can never be done. And it's like, it's just really crazy. So it's like as horrible as this is, they're just dealing with like literally mines thrown out of planes on the surface for 40 years. Or sorry, at this point, 20 years. But like if you really think about, you know, like Cambodia or Ukraine now, it's going to be a very big problem. Like these actual seeded mines that are, you know, dropped or that are, you know, put into the into the ground with countermining measures. With, with intent. Like, with intent, yeah. Like yeah. to kill yeah. the, like yeah. when we did a very long time ago, um, uh, No Man's War. Or what was it? The Bosnian film. No Man's Land. No, no Man's, Man's Land. Land. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, like a mine placed under someone with intent and, and a mine that is impossible to diffuse. Right. So it, it's just crazy. Like, and just to end it, I, cause I know in the Ukraine, they have this crazy thing now where like it's drones that you drive, like RC, that drop anti-tank mines to do interdiction. You know, like mines are great in warfare for a very limited time for a very limited purpose, but they just cause so much horrible strife and destruction. You know, yep. Uh, uh, not to get too philosophical, but uh, when it comes to uh, the different ways to figure out how to kill people, that seems like that's when the brain is, you know, firing on all cylinders. You know, I mean, people will just like they will come up with the most creative ways sometimes to build explosives and anything to kill people. You know, stuff like that. Dude, hit the, him with the food gas trench. The the whole like like what Brian was saying, like just like to to tap into something that I know verbatim. It's like. World War II mine, like, counter tactics, like what Brian said, are just insane. And every army is different. It's re- it's really interesting, like, when you go into it and you, and you look at that. I mean, it, but it's terrible because it's literally met, like I said before, it's, it's literally a tool that is meant to maim and demoralize and take assets away. And it's literally, like... It's, it's horrible. And, like, and, and, and watching this played out the way it does... It's like I was I was expecting maybe two mines. I was not expecting f- four or five. Oh, everywhere. Yeah. Like like to go off. I thought maybe they'd find more. They only found one like before it went off. And that's insane, you know, and and that that alone I think is why this movie I think has really struck all of us in different ways or another because I mean, like there you could do this really bad. You, you you could do this really bad, <laughs> you, you know. Can say like that about any war. Film. Well, yeah. well, yeah, but I mean, like, but like, you know, I, I don't know. It's I, I, what you're you know, you know what I mean. Can, you can easily imagine the shitty version of this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like every like you know, it's, it, he's he's trying to pick the mine out, and he's like. <laughs> and then one drop of sweat yeah. slowly lands down like a mission on impossible. top of the mine, and it goes slow motion, yeah. bink, boom, like, and, yeah. and and it's nothing but like a charred upper half, completely gone. And you, you get know? the you get the you get the, the slow mo shot of the rocks jumping off the the ground. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I actually <laughs> like that about fucking about fucking Hurt Locker. Don't well, fucking fuck abuse that. <laughs> this could have easily been a British Hurt Locker, but before I forget, that's just, that's just nothing been, but yeah. pornography to me, stuff like that. Anyway, <laughs> I just want to say this too. And before landmines, because you know it's modern times explosives, the ancient landmine is Caltrops. If oh I yeah, pronounce that right. Which oh are, my god, oh nasty as fuck. Do you guys happen to know what those are? Yeah, I do. Knight, Nate, or Michael? 
Uh, I know them, but like, it's, I want to hear what you have to say. You, you yeah, know, I know of them, but I don't know. Yeah, it's basically you. like, depending on variations, the Romans use them and stuff, but it's like two different pieces of steel that are hooked together to make a little triangle. Yeah. And you, traditionally, you would put them in crossings of rivers so that when armies would try to cross, all the horses would, you know, basically be maimed and troops would be maimed because you get a fucking one or two inch spike that goes through your fucking leg. Rusty. And Rusty. Yeah, because yeah, yep. they're, they're just made to Tetanus. get thrown yep. and forgotten. So, and it's an interdiction kind of Ugh. thing, you know. But just, just imagine slow, that. Slow, slow down the army. Slow down the yeah. advance. That's the fuck. same thing with landmines. Yeah, yeah but th- let throw it in a shallow crossing? Oh, my God. You know, nobody's going to know. That's nobody's basically gonna, uh, a landmine for antiquity. Uh, Literally, yeah. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I just recently learned about, uh, don't mean to get too off topic, but uh, one of the booby traps that, like, the Vietnamese would use was uh, this. They dig a hole, and then they would have, um, like, these rollers with spikes all yeah, along spinners, them on both sides. Fingers, yeah, yeah, your leg goes down. Your leg drops in, the thing spin and just chew up your leg. It's, and you can't you can't get out because then it's gonna yeah do it, it yeah. again yeah. Yep. There there are a ton of those horrible ones. I have this crazy book. It's a an original Vietnam War like pamphlet on like you know NVA uh, booby traps, and it gets crazy to like Japan or uh, Vietnamese suicide coke girls. There was like if they they try to sell you coke but they're wired, and you know some are yeah. a little out there, but the craziest one in the book for me at least is. The anti-helicopter trap. And what they do is, is that they basically set wires along a field. And so when a helicopter lands, it will trigger a wire and it goes to an RPG round that's literally in a piece of bamboo that's been hollowed out with an electrical charge. So that the helicopter will land and it will just trigger this RPG round that might hit it to fire out. And it's like, just think about that. Again, when it, comes think to about killing, when it comes to killing people, there are no yep. limits to what the brain will come up with. Well, and oh, that, that's the insane. thing, too, is like, yeah, with, with, with this with this particular uh, incident that happened in, in the film is like, they're like, yeah, all these mines, like, over time, washed down. So there's probably like six or seven mines in that little pass just to kind of slow people down. But all these mines just flowed down. Some of them probably went off. And then some of them are upside down. Some of them are, you know, whatever. And it's like, they're also probably on the pressure point, if they're upside down, buried underneath that shit, where you breathe on it. And it'll go off because it's just that extra, you know, grain of, of of energy that it takes to set the fuse off. And so that's why it's so terrifying. And the one of the scenes that like was really f- like fucked up, but like accurate is the medic like going over and like throwing his bag first and then like trying to jump on jump the bag. On it, yeah. That was nerve wracking as shit. I, 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 sorry, Mike. I, I, I love the I loved the kind of coming to the idea slowly as he's three quarters away through of what the fuck he's just doing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I loved that interpretation. It's not like he had his mindset. It's that he was panicking because he knows he's the only one who knows how he can do this to save their life. So he just goes and three quarters away through, he goes, what the fuck am I doing? And it's like, I loved that. All of that and the building of the tension and none of it is music, sound nope. effects, nothing. It's just film. <clears throat> that's all you need. And that's um, all you need. I, I, what I loved about that, too, is when he initially starts doing that, where he throws his bag and then he jumps on it, is the guy's like, you're supposed to land on it. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, like, he's, okay, not, he's not doing it constantly perfectly. giving them shit. They're giving yeah. him shit constantly. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, how do you you you? you that situation must have sucked so fucking bad. I mean, you can't imagine. You've got you've got 
One guy wounded. Okay, that really sucks. Okay, let's get a Kazavak. Ten minutes. That was the recurring theme. You know? And, okay, now two guys are wounded. Shit. Okay, now three, now five guys are wounded. And you're just sitting there, you're like, do I go out there and become a casualty, or do I sit here and take care of this guy and pull security? Like, what, what, are we going to get ambushed? Like, it was just that whole, like, tension constantly through the film. And I'm like, holy shit. And then it ends just, okay, these guys finally get Kazavak. Finally. And then it's just like, yeah, this guy survived. This guy survived. This guy survived. This guy died of his wounds. And this guy, you know, whatever. And they went on to do this. And I'm like, excellent. Excellent. Like, it, it was, it was, it was a very, it was just so... It was well shot, and and then again, the actors were phenomenal. It's, because the, the actors sold it really. Well. The oh Christ! I mean, really well. The, the could, direction it, and the writing yeah. was good. Yeah, and then they got they got people who took this role seriously, and my God, it was it was it was tough to watch. It really was because I'm like, oh shit. So go ahead, Brian. For a film too, where you don't even get to see one gun fired. I was right. going to say that uh, there, there is there, there is a gun. There is one gun fired, and it's the pistol he shoots to get the radio to turn on. Oh. <laughs> which I thought was really funny. I thought that yeah. was really good. And then I'm like, well, they're going to engage. Can anyone tell me what they were engaging with, the Taliban? Were they just reacting to what they thought fired it? So that's why they were firing like down into the base of the hill? Well, there were traces going back and forth, so they were getting... They oh, were, they were going back and forth. The one outpost okay, was getting... Sure. Incurring fire from that little uh, oh, okay, gas station, I, I missed so. that. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. I liked it's just, it's I liked how you I&D. saw I liked how you saw RPGs at night going yeah. through that occasionally. <laughs> like I thought I, it was really cool. Yep. That was all. See, I did like that sequence. I liked how far away it was shot. I like you know again for what it is. I thought it was done really well. Well, you did a lot of the shit in three seventeenth uh, platoon. Like mm-hmm. the the whole like far away kind oh, of oh yeah um, yeah 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 the whole like you know you're not mm-hmm. there but you can see it and, see everything yeah yeah and, and on top of that I think this film is one of the only films that accurately describes uh, air support <laughs> like, ten minutes it. out three hours later like sorry bingo and the fuel. wrong the wrong air support <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, even like the accent for the guy because it's a nato pilot and everything it's like, a dutch was, pilot yeah, yeah i thought that was really great yep like you know <laughs> yeah it's no this thing was this is probably one of the most accurate gwat films i've ever fucking seen uh it, it could it might as well have been a documentary but it was shot in a way of a movie you know it's like the directing and the 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 cinematography and the again the acting phenomenal uh for every 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 cast member the americans or the people that were portraying them phenomenal like everything was again i thought i was watching just live footage at a certain point you know and then i'm like oh this is filmed this way okay i can see the shots it's wide here it's you know narrow here and i'm like okay yeah it's a movie but my god and then the, the tension that they conveyed got through, at least to me. It really, it was like the whole time after that first mine goes off, it's just tension, fear, and boredom at the same time. And that's what a lot of war actually is. And yeah, so um, yeah, it was, 
I was very pleasantly surprised by this, and I was also like disturbed by it, but in a good way. I'm like, finally something, yeah, something is accurate and did not fuck these guys' stories over, you know? Yeah, I'll definitely be showing this to people in the future. Yeah, go ahead. Not like like Paul Gross's, you know, disturbance. (laughs) You know, like, <laughs> want to talk about another Commonwealth Afghan war? You no, know, we're just having a jolly conversation. Then you have to bring up gross. Like, well, you know, yeah. Let's phone a friend. <laughs> come on, guys, we're all friends here. We don't talk about those movies, all right? Like, mm-hmm. come yeah. on. There's a reason why if his you, name is Gross. If you want us to have Paul Gross on as a guest, please comment. <laughs> I'll <laughs> gladly have him on as a guest. I'll, yeah, I'll have him on. Uh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just rip him apart. Right. Yes. Like you better be ready for this. Yeah, <laughs> scuttlebutt. You know, Canada Day special. I don't know. Scuttlebutt uh, verbal abuse Canada uh, edition. Special. I don't. know. We'll yeah. get a Canadian holiday. I don't know. Top my somebody phone Devin. Get him on the uh, line. Yeah, we yeah. should do that. Um, where, like shitty movies from Scuttlebutt. We have the director on to talk to them, and uh, we'll have Uwe Boll on. You know, we'll uh, have uh, yeah, Paul yeah. Gross. Uwe Boll will probably want to box all of us. <laughs> What's going on in there? (laughs) But this is a good time to segue with our sticker question for the week. So, for this week's sticker trivia, has to deal with mines. What other country besides Afghanistan is the most heavily mined country in the world? And to give you a hint, it happens to deal with a conflict we touched on last week. The first person to message our Instagram or Facebook with that country's title will get this week's sticker. What the fuck? What the fuck did we even do last week? Platoon three one seven. Okay, right. But it's very short. It's very short term thinking, and it has extremely long term negative effects. Yep. Well, we lost so, Michael. Yeah. Did he step on a mine? They're coming back. Right. You probably just hit the wrong button. But uh, no, it's it. Mines are mines are absolutely fucking hor- horrific, and it's like, you know, it. it the, we got Castavac ten minutes out. Don't worry, Michael. It's gonna it's, be yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're, you're right us. though. Like you're 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 right. It's like Caltrops, and then once they're there, hey, guess what? After they drop Caltrops, guess how many civilians had their horses or themselves fucked up from that? More guys than their initial yeah. target. Right, right. That's what I mean. And it's like, yeah. But there's a lot of other things in the film that you know are absolutely great, like the fucking. Um, when he gets those uh, those cans of uh, uh, mixed fruit at the beginning, and it's like a, a commodity, and it's like, oh, okay, cool, uh, excellent. And he's like, he's like, oh, I'll just save these until whatever, and he just starts eating them. I'm like, yeah. yeah. When you're out, when you're out in the middle of absolutely bumfuck nowhere eating rations, which suck, um, it, you can't control yourself, and that was good. Um, I could not find anything. The, the porno mags that came in, and then oh god, yeah. like, one of them is a guy magazine. And he's like, "This one's for you." Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the whoever whoever was there on site for the writing and whatever, it's like obviously they probably got a lot of, uh, you know, um, what's the words I'm looking for? Um, fuck. Uh, advisement. Uh, advisement, but what what what's the word when? Ah, brain won't work today. No, shut up. Uh, the I think whoever the writer was was actually there. 
what what is it called when you get someone's summary of an event? What the fuck word is that? Synopsis or I don't ah, in my brain. Oh, dude, we have the same problem. Uh, No, no, we have the uh, owl monkey eagle. Account. The fuck Uh, is going on? My brain won't work today. Fuck. I I, I struggle with words a lot too. Anyway, Nathan, the ADHD assassin. uh, 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 it's not the fucking word. What <laughs> story? Is no. How Narrative. many letters is the word? Account. 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 I just said Fuck account. Just said I didn't hear that. <laughs> you were so. Well, you were such in a fucking panic. <laughs> oh my god. An account Whatever. of what happened, like a, like a, like a, like. A, I, I think whoever wrote this or something. whoever commissioned this person to write it was there because. God. That was almost as tense as diffusing a mind. Sorry. Yeah, was, yeah my brain. Yeah. yeah. Nate's going to stroke out over Dude, here. Nate's like, actually a Soviet butterfly bomb. Diffusing <laughs> my... But no, I agree with you. Like, there's... Here's the thing is, like, people can write fucking war movies. In a... Paul Gross does a really good job at that shit. You know, he's so good. One he's so familiar with the topic and uh, you're, you're does a lot of really good work. close to a cock punch there, Mike. Yep. Yeah. Well, he was I, a sniper, think... you know. <laughs> yeah. He can reach out and touch you. Yeah, he 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 was stationed at not where you want to. The road. Yeah, yeah. You gonna touch me, my Willie? Him and Jesus. Devin shared the same foxhole. Explains a lot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> shots fired. Yeah, but uh, no. Anyway, um, whoever wrote this or whoever like devised this, it's it's so detailed. That you had to have at least know, had a good friend or somebody in your sphere to talk to about what it actually is like. Because, yes, again, the Brits are different people than us as far as like their language, their slang, and their kind of mannerisms and shit like that. But that was portrayed extremely well. Because all the Brits that I was around in Kuwait and Iraq, um, they acted just like these guys. And so it's like, okay, and then you guys got further into that story that nobody really knows about. So, yeah, it was it was just the, the, the banter, I guess, back and forth was extremely accurate of just, you know, and, then, and the guys having, like, kind of a break out there, like, uh, fucking, you know, just screaming, getting pissed. That's 100% accurate. It happens. You have to all mitigate that. You're all in an overall shitty situation. And you have to mitigate tiny ones and try to, like, put the fires out, you know? And, yeah, it was just fucking insane to, like, just the whole atmosphere. The, uh, the one, one of the scenes that really stood out to me, and I don't know if you guys, maybe you guys caught it or whatnot, was, um, or thought it was as powerful as I was. I thought the one time, like, sound effects, everything kind of culminated to one moment was him thinking about, uh, ending them with that, with that sniper rifle. Yep. I thought that was a really powerful moment right there. Because Not, that's, that's better than what they're going through. Exactly. Yeah. But but it's how they isolated it mm-hmm. is what I think is so powerful. Like, if you had just showed someone, like, looking at it, and then he got to, and it's like, you know, dull noise, and then, you know, they're like, hey, wait, like, what do you think? And he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, it would be a passing moment. It's It's the culmination of the editing, the sound, and everything to that moment. That was really powerful and really interesting. The, I, I think the, the whole film was basically that, what you just said. It's like, I think everything past the first five, ten minutes, even even in that, it was like, I was hooked immediately, like I said. 
I was like, but the way it was shot was so um, intense, I guess, is the best word I can come up with right now. It was so intense and it's so like visceral and like you, 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 you can feel what everybody's going through. The guys that are wounded, the guys who are trying to help them, the guys that are pulling security, you can feel everything, all the tension, everything that's going on. And they're still giving each other shit. Again, the, the banter is fantastic. Um, it, it was, it really had me on edge the whole fucking time in a good way, not in a bad way. And it was, yeah, it was really, um, again, a good breath of fresh air. Cause we've done some fucking nasty ones in the past couple months, but we're on a roll right, right now of like good shit. This is when Brian yep. says GI Jane's next week. And you know, <laughs> well, Alexander's next week. I was so. going to say yeah. Alexander. We got Sean on for that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, but that's Fucking... not the that's that's an interesting movie. So that one I might that one might break that one might break the uh, the streak. If I remember correctly, Alexander's not. That no, great. and that's going to be great because you can hear that toe headed fuck bitch about how inaccurate <laughs> it is the whole fucking time. And uh, yeah, he's blonde as shit. He's man. a blondie, yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely toe headed fuck. Well, yeah, little Dennis the Menace kind of guy. He's a Q tip and like Dennis so. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, it, no, it'd be nice to hear him bitch about that. But like this one, I really, there was a couple. Again, why would you put the sniper out in front? But like you know, right, yeah. just minor tactical shit. Um, the CG, minor. It's not. It's not egregious. No, the CG. Yeah. Eh, it's again. It's forgivable. The little things. But go ahead, Brian. I think it's time for final for. Uh, I am FTD. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Again, before, on we, there. before we get into. Is it on there? Oh, by the way, before I came on, somebody commented on our Platoon 317 review. Oh, no. Uh, let, let me just read it, what it says. Oh, right. no. All right, here we go. And then we'll jump into this. Can't uh, wait. It's funny. Someone said, would be a lot better without the excessive use of bad fucking language. No, it's just bad language. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell yeah. them to get off the internet then. Grow up. Fucking sorry. Anyway, so moving on with Is that it? Language. Was that the only comment? Yeah, that was the only comment. Oh, okay, that's so, it. Okay, sorry. I've had worse. But don't listen to it. Turn it off and don't fucking come back. Nobody gives a fuck about what your fucking, you know, <laughs> super hyper Christian fucking, you know, evangelical con ass thinks about, you know, swearing. You probably have fucked other women. You've probably fucking done horrific shit in your life. But oh God. God forbid somebody fucking swears on the internet on a fucking podcast. Fuck yourself, you fucking child. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Moving on. Uh, if you would like to watch a non-swearing uh, podcast that reviews war movies, you can check out Combat Christians. Uh, they're a Mormon uh, pastoral group, and they review uh, films made Combat by Christian, uh, you know, yes. Uh, we should do a thing where Nate goes in and bleeps out every swear word that we fucking say. And it's just con- like you listen to the podcast. You can't really get the, the, the idea you would, of you it. Would, you'd be missing it's just constant so much, bleeps. It's yeah, just like one long so much, bleep. You'd be missing so much fucking context. No, no, no. Listen, it's it's not bleeps. It's like 90s 
TNT movie where they they put additional they, they replaced oh. the bad language with like with like terrible dialogue. Oh, the the, the dubbed in like the yeah, fucking nasty. Like, yeah. Oh god. Yeah. This is what eggs. happens when you find a stranger in the app. This is what happens <laughs> when, you, when you when you when you eat scrambled eggs or whatever the other part of that is. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass? <laughs> the the I I want to say something though. I was watching TV the other day, like on like cable TV. And all of a sudden, they just start ripping the f bomb. I'm like, "What the hell?" And it's TNT, and it's they not bleeped. They do that after midnight. They they do that like after like a certain. Oh. I think it's like after ten or something. But it, they they can do. My that. father my father was watching like rerun cable because you can do that on the TV on the DV uh, fuck TiVo thing whatever the fuck right. it's called. Local the man D- realizes DVR. that DVR that relic media still exists. What is this? <laughs> The news that shows that, that shows my age. The fact that I said TiVo. TiVo. <laughs> I remember TiVo, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember TiVo. That was the shit back when I was in middle I, school. I thought they yeah. stopped filming TV in like 2003. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> Christ. But yeah, yeah after in this day and age, after a certain time, they won't bleep uh, certain things now. Wow. It's just yeah, a matter it, it, of time before they don't do that's it at all. Just, that's why it, the combat Christians don't watch television as well. Yeah, we'll just yeah, circle back. Yes. I'm sorry for fucking swearing so goddamn much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm really fucking sorry for that. It, it sounds like hell it doesn't do a damn bit of good. Hey, I know. Yeah. And, and Thank you for your time, but different strokes for different folks. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. IMFTB. Here we IMFTB. go. Combat Here we go. Combat Christians. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Father Michael, Father Michael, Father Nate, and Father James. Yes, they're a great group of people. Oh, yeah, James never swears. That's a good thing. No, he's a great <laughs> That's fucking a fallacy. guy. Yeah, he's a great fucking dude. They really Amazing are. fucking dude. They're a good crew. You know, the L85A2. They yep. did it. I didn't like their opinion of SBR, but anyway. Uh, L85, yes. It's funny because I really like, wanted to see one of these shoot in the film, but they, they never shot at all, which is kind of funny because they're horrible pieces of shit that never work it. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So that was, that's what I was going to So like, don't know really anything about this type of firearm, but I have kind of always heard that this is a bad rifle. <laughs> like, is that true from what the you guys first ones were really bad and it just made this really bad reputation for them. Yeah. The A2 is like, I don't know. Cause I, saw, I obviously saw Brits a lot carrying them in Iraq and, and, and uh, not Afghanistan, but like uh, Kuwait and shit. And when I would see them out the range firing, they worked. Like they were, they were firing them. They're just a bullpup. It's like a lot of the problems they had too was with the magazines, you know. And just like we have with our M4s and shit. Like there but, was a nickname like Skate Rail Assault Rifle or something. They the, the very yeah. early ones were like you know very hated uh, because you're going from a fucking SLR, you know, an FAL yep. series of rifle to this, and it's like you're going from a Cadillac to like a neon. Well, it's like all the know? it's like all the boomers that are like. We went from the M14 to the M16. It's like, yeah, the first ones, well, the powder was the actual biggest culprit of the fuckery, but. The only Woodstock I knew in 69 was an M14. Yep. But, um, yeah, I love the L85, though. It looks so cool. It, it's weird. Like, I've, I've actually never held one or fired one, but um, I've They're seen. They're very I, back heavy. There were Brits. Like, we go to the Chow Hall in Kuwait. It was so cool. It was so, like, everybody from every fucking country was there. And we'd have we we place our rifles like by our feet, right? You know, and the Brits had their fucking L85s sitting down on the floor and everything, and um, the 
there was people, mo- a lot of these people had like AR-15 clones, but like the L-85s fires were cool. And then the uh, the Aussies had their augs, and I was like, that's fucking cool. Yeah, you know, but um, aug yeah. is awesome. I played around with an L-86 once too, which is the LMG version of L-85, which is just oh, fucking nice. stupid. It's like. The L eighty five is is like just ergonomically like you know except for whatever it it's a good design for what it is you know, but yep. the L eighty six is just like no it's like the E two stock in an M fourteen or like an yep. H bar M sixteen it's like you know what cool idea but stop right now just yep. no 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 RPK is the only good fucking version of that at all in my opinion even then they're fucking heavy as shit in the long yeah like and they're, they're yeah I mean so anyway the L eighty five I just love to see them. They came ass, yep. Yep. Always good to see AKs. Uh, uh, the L one fifteen. This was an L ninety six. I was wrong. The whole the the whole name of it is Accuracy International. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, they they were they were like uh, they're really high end. They're still known. Yeah. Yeah. Very expensive. I think when I tried to price out like eighteen, I think it was like six thousand dollars. Now they're yeah. like, now they're like. Didn't Henry from 10. fucking? 10 I think, I think Henry's yeah. got one of those. Yeah. Yeah, Henry he paid one, around yeah. that too, seven yeah. or something like crazy. They're really fucking good. If you want to reach out and touch somebody, there's only really one company to go to. That or Barrett, but Barrett's its own. <laughs> if you really want to reach out and touch somebody. <laughs> what? Yeah. No, no, no. I lo- I know it's true. I just, yeah. I just, they just oh, different stock photo on this one. I like wow. it. Wow, yeah. that's a classic fifty cal photo. Yeah. I get behind that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would too. I love that fucking thing. Classic Land Rover, love it. Yeah, the L seven. It's it's a, it's a Mag fifty eight with mm-hmm. a few modifications, but yeah. So is that, great, is that like great is that like, is, is that like another yep. generation of a fifty eight? Pretty much. Uh, it's. It's basically a 240 Golf. They have a couple other little minor like differences, but like, it's it's basically the 240 Bravo without the heat shield on it. Ah, gotcha. What was the first conflict the Brits used that in? Falklands, right? Because they had the L4A1. Yeah. Bren, nope. but like, nope. Desert Storm. Well, one more guess. A lot earlier. Vietnam. Malay. No, Lazy mm. Insurgency in the early 60s was the first time they were used. Huh. That's when they were adopted. And the they're, Aussies they're used fucking... them in Vietnam, and they loved them. Fucking. Dude, they're, they're fucking the, awesome machine guns. The, like The pig was great, don't get me wrong. But yep. in Vietnam, like, if, if, you, if I had a choice, if you were going to be a light machine gun and you could choose anything, it's heavier. Well, but Here's uh, the thing is, Jake and I, I were talking about this. Like, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a dismounted infantryman, the pig is better. True. If you're a mounted anything... This is far superior. Yep. Imagine if a guy put one of these on his like fuck the back end of his uh one one three or something. Or like or like even in Huey. Fucking <laughs> Oh dude, if I if I had a two forty um what the fuck is it? Um a two forty mic, which is the fucking two forty with a butterfly yep. trigger on it, it, it. I would take that over a fucking sixty any day. Yep. That fucking thing, if I was like a door gunner. Dude, that fucking thing. The 240 is such a fucking great machine gun. And I'm not just saying that because I I will put out flaws on any fucking firearm that I've had to use and I I own, you know. There's a lot of firearms that I own that I'm like, eh, it's got this flaw and that flaw. Not my favorite, but it's cool to have it. The fucking 240 or the Mag 58 in general, a phenomenal machine gun. Unless you're dismounted infantry. 
It sucks. And it's not it's just, fun to carry at all. It's not convenient at all. It's fucking heavy. It's not balanced. It's fucking... There's nowhere to carry it, like, comfortably. It just fucking sucks. But, but they're awesome. Anyway. Oh, and they're, they're, get, they're fantastic. Yeah. And when you get up close to them, you see how simple they are. And it's like, oh, it's just, you know... They're, they're simple, right? but they're, like, bulky. They're, like, heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... And, yeah. and they're called the, the Gimpies in the uh, British Army, for which is short... His nickname for the GPMG. Really quick, I'm going to go let the dog out. He's got to go shit. I know yep. he's yeah, got to go shit. Go I don't want him to yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do it was shit cool dance. to see I the saw it. as well, which is not a weapon you commonly associate with Brits. At least I don't. Yeah. Yeah, you don't see it that often. But, I mean, like, if anything, it's like, I feel like it's all, like, NATO countries share oh, yeah. some assets of, you know, and role weaponry. Also, paras and certain military units use different weapons as well, but... The, the paratrooper saw is actually weighs more than the regular saw too, which is kind of funny, because that stock is way heavier than the plastic one. Yeah, much heavier. I knew a guy that got one because he, he didn't like the weight of his original saw, and he was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> he was not happy. And those yeah. are the guns in the movie. Yeah, thankfully they, they didn't, <laughs> and they, they didn't use them that much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wish there were some landmines. I wish they could have identified some of the landmines. Uh, they're all buried, except for like there's a, there's the edge of one, the one that they mark. Yeah, um, yeah most I, likely I, that's. Hold on, let me let me just let me just for fun. Let me let me look up Soviet landmines. Well, they would have been butterfly mines, or toy mines, um, or some of the ones they would have buried. But they, the Soviets really didn't bury mines in Afghanistan. They just scattered them everywhere for interdiction. The butterfly mines, mines look like little butterflies, rough. and the way that they're shaped, they flutter yeah. in the sky, and they Are spin down. Are those those green ones? Yes. Okay. We used to make ones for reenactments uh, for uh, Afghan war events didn't, in like, uh, seed places. Didn't care at all to clean them up after the war was over. Why? <laughs> right. 1987, they failed. They didn't give a shit. Yeah, I know. It's just uh, that's that's yeah. just how it how it usually is for most of these kind of conflicts. Oh yeah. You know, Again, uh, mines are awesome for a very limited set of circumstances for a very limited set of time for military means. You know, they, they, they serve a great purpose. But once you're outside of that thirty, sixty, three month scope, whatever, then they're horrible relics of of a period in time that just maim and kill. So I mean uh, we've had Dave Howland on here from Guadalcanal Walking a Battlefield. And he talks about all the time, you know, how the natives go look for rusty gold because they know the white man will buy it. And half the time it's fucking old hand grenades and shit. And kids lose their hands and their arm. Whatever. I mean, it's horrible, you know. And it just, it's but the detritus of war. That's one of the, re- if you really want to, you know, go anti-war, that's a really good thing to talk about is that even though these wars eventually cease or end or something like that, in a way they never do because there's still shit around to hurt people. You know, they bomb mostly population centers during the war. And generally in history, unless there's a big event, population centers don't change. Eight years after the fact, you know, I think two or three years now, they're digging up 250, 500, you know, thousand pound bombs fucking all over Europe. And they're mostly, like I said, population centers. So they have to close down train stations and move people away. And, you know, I just watched a video the other day about the last bomb that technically fell in Britain. Um, They exploded in 2021. And it did a shit ton of damage. It was like a big thousand pound, they call it the Satan or something. And all these people tried to get insurance claims for it. And they said, well, it was an act of war. So you have to go up to the Germans. And the Germans have a clause where they don't have to pay anything. So it's just like, well, you have to pay for the damage. The Germans <laughs> dropped a bomb 80 years ago. Sorry. Yeah, like a college like, lost half its dorm because like they were just, whoops, sorry. You know, they, 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 
they blew up a, a bunch of them in the in the canal in the fucking London Channel a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I, I probably a few years ago. It's probably ten years ago at this point. But the point is, is like, you know, they still find them everywhere. The, there's yeah. this famous ship, Rambo Four. He found one in the fucking jungle, man. He set off the claymores. I mean, yeah, like, come and, on, like that's yeah. a very historically accurate movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's this uh, famous ship that I'll watch it any day. But <laughs> off, off the coast of I, UK. I'd like to do a commentary on that one sometime. Yeah, yeah. off Sorry. of uh, Kent. Uh, in the eastern part of the UK, and basically it was an ammunition ship, and it was full of like 80 tons of explosives, and it mm. sank, and it's still kind of out of the water with shallow territory, and long story short, they, if you do the math, it's like two Hiroshimas, Ooh. if it ever goes up, and nobody Ooh. knows if it's going to go up, and it's like, you know, right there, and it's it's so deteriorated that it's not worth, you know, salvaging because nobody knows that the salvage efforts will actually detonate it. So it's like this just uh, there's this volcano yeah. <laughs> that a man-made volcano like 10 miles off the coast. Just where is this? It's in the UK. Eventually, it's just it's going to be like that. It's it's going to be like that random explosion in Beirut, you know, where the yes, yeah, no, it's going to like, just be like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, they'll feel it in Berlin and they'll feel it in Dublin and like, you know, all these people will die. But it's this it's just what is yeah, this? Yeah, it's I, I missed the, the name context. Of the was it was it like a is it nukes? It was, or a, is it... it was an ammunition ship that was full of explosives headed to Normandy in forty four and the Germans sank it off the coast of the UK. And they never stripped it. It's but what's just, it filled of? Just just explosives? Like ammonium nitrate. Like eighty thousand tons of ammonium Holy nitrate. Fuck. Yeah. And it's just and that's like I said, in the it's, channel. It's, that's in the English Channel, like ten like miles between... off the coast of Kent in England. The fuck! It's there, <laughs> and you can see it. It's it's part of it sticking out of the water, and it's there. Oh, it, like a part of it sticking out of the water. Yeah, it's shallow. Like... Yes, no, oh. you can see part of the. Oh, wreck. it's not yeah. like it's not like you know. It's sinking like eighty three feet miles of water. down in the. Bu- how, no, it's a, it, also, how has also, this not been fucking <laughs> touched? Because on? it was so dangerous back then. They just were like, "Well, just let it lie," and what's nobody's. I'm going to say kick well, the hey, can down the road. The problem is the population center has grown like 10 times since then. So that's the, like I said, there's a man-made volcano just sitting What's there. the boat called? What's it called? Uh, I'll get the name right. of it. So Also, the, uh, I was listening to you guys like when I was taking the dog out to take a shit. And he, he shat something fierce, <laughs> which is good. Like five giant turds sprayed out of get his ass. Get them logs out, dude. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! This is a Christian podcast, okay? I do yeah, we not don't want... swear on here. We yeah, don't fucking I, I, swear. Yeah, yeah. But um, no. Anyway, uh, no, Brian, the two four nine para does not weigh more, uh, because the barrel, if you actually get the the short barrel, it takes about three pounds off. And yes, the stock is heavy, but the actual, oh my god, the stock stock, the regular stock on a fucking two four nine, is only like a half a pound fucking lighter than that. It's fucking heavy. So they, they actually don't weigh more. They're just more dense. And it feels like it's a heavier fucking saw with the, 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 the shorty barrel and the fucking... I know you're going to look it up. I don't care. But, like, holding one, like, I... Because I used some para versions that we had. Mm-hmm. And they're they're still, like, around 14 pounds. Hmm. It's still freaking heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as you have the right combination, then it, sh- it actually is. Like- yeah, no. If you, if you have a, if you have a regular barrel with a fucking pair of stock, like the collapsible one, yeah, yeah, it's going to be heavier than shit because it adds about a half a pound. But yeah, 
Um, if you have the shorty barrel on there, which also makes it recoil like a motherfucker and it's loud as shit. Um, yep. they're very similar in weight. Mm-hmm. So, so I just sent a photo of. The oh, shit. <laughs> the SS Richard Montgomery. Well, that title's ironic. This is Richard Montgomery. Yeah. Um, sorry, the wreck still held munitions containing approximately 1,400 tons of TNT. Jeez. Jesus. Yeah. That's like that's like the fucking uh, the, the Messines Ridge like charge. Why? One of the reasons the explosives <laughs> had not been removed was due to an unfortunate outcome of a similar operation in July of 1967 that tried a similar thing on a ship, the Polish ship that sank in 1946 that uh, during preliminary work exploded with a force uh, of an earthquake measuring 4.5. Oh, yeah. yeah I, just, uh, I just looked it up on Google Earth. You can still see its mast sticking out. You can see its three masts sticking out of the water. There's an American flag yeah. on it. And he, like I said, if you look at the map, it's where it is. Into the, so That's like, really five fucking air bad. F- how to, okay, so how in the fuck did the Germans sink that? How the fuck did the Germans sink that that close? And I, to- I fucked up. I, I I was wrong. It actually was run aground. Uh, oh, so it was like coming yeah. back. So, yeah, the U.S. sailors. No, fucked it was that headed towards up. Normandy. Oh. The, the U.S. sailors down. fucked that one up. I see. Big time. Yeah. Oh, this is oh, the crazy. This thing. is in that same area that has those big towers uh, out there in the. Oh, the flag yeah, towers. The, the, no, that has those like those big British. They're they're like these these like rusted buildings on stilts that are out in the water. Yeah, the flak yeah. towers. Yeah, that's yeah, where they were flak batteries. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where those are located. And the, too. That's the ship, and you could see the coastline in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, whoopsie uh, doodle. That's, <laughs> nobody knows. No, like I said, it's like you know, it's uh, is the government like just putting like blankets over it at this point? Nothing. Nobody say, has done anything, Nathan, except for they they every few years they survey it. And they I just imagine you see like a gulf. That's really fucking bad. I just imagine it's the world's biggest hot potato. You just, like, you, I mean, you, what are you, you cut do? to it? You see like a goal flying over it, and you see like a white ship just like land on it, and then it like goes up. You know, it's just, it's, for yeah, the pearl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. takes a, it takes a <laughs> We can make a it. disaster movie. Like, like let's make like a good 1970s disaster movie, and it starts out with like Finding Nemo, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh look, we're in the ship. Oh, Don't that touch crate? the boat. Boom. Don't touch the boat. <laughs> yeah, right. Boom. Just immediately cut to <laughs> it's like the shot of the uh, the the. the that shot from the fifties of the nuke going off in the water, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like an American sailor <laughs> skeleton, like here, and like this head. They also use it in World War Z. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. bikini atoll, yeah, bikini yep. atoll. But that's to circle insane. back. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, let's get back yeah. on topic. Sorry, right. that that just blows my mind that it even exists in this world. There's an 80 year old ticking time bomb right off the coast of the UK. There, dude, there's so much of that shit that exists, Nate. Like. It's better it's you scary. just don't know about it. <laughs> There's right. some things, Nate, you don't want to know. But, like, 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 I knew there were some, like, wrecks, like, everywhere in the world that are like that. Like, fuck, us as a, as a our, we, we have two unknown nukes in the fucking Atlantic Ocean, like, the United yeah. States. Like, I, I yep. know that. Like, that, okay, that's going to happen someday. My point is, it's like, it's right, the, the, the disturbing thing, it's right on the coast, in a fucking harbor, and... You're not doing anything. You're just like kicking that can down the road. We might well, as well. Exa- exactly. It's like you don't want to be the one responsible for fucking something up and everybody getting eviscerated. Yeah, but yeah. but they're going to be eviscerated <laughs> soon. Are they? 
It's been sitting there for 80 fucking years. It's going to break in too soon, they say. You can see this thing. <laughs> so you can, you can see this thing from Google Earth Street View. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that I'm landlocked where I'm at in the U.S. <laughs> well, I forget there was an estimate of, like, you know, damages. I can't find it exactly, but it was like they were going to build an airfield in the area, but they decided not to because there was there's just, an, there's know. an airport on the map you sent me. But they were going to build an international one, but they decided not to. Whoops, <laughs> <laughs> Daisy! Don't want to send diplomats for it goes one, off yeah. and causes an international crisis. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, so, this is the effect. So of, the other thing, yeah. not to cut you off, I sort of forget. But the, so the other thing that the Polish ship was also further out to sea. And it was under a lot more water. Yeah. And it had just a fraction of the load of explosives that this one does. <laughs> so so fucked up, it's just hilarious. And all the explosives have lead and copper fuses that are known to degrade in seawater. So what if this went off right? Well, what, it's, 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 a, it's an experiment. Let's just see how long no it idea. takes. If you forget about something long enough, it just goes away. You know, it, it's a kid just gonna t- start. Our kids are gonna start start like throwing rocks at it one day, and it's just gonna go. Take a like, fishing boat out. One little, one of... little like actual like <laughs> physical yeah. shock. Yeah. Boom! Yeah, yeah. Like, boink! Cut to bikini, bikini atoll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like you that's see a bright insane, flash, dude. Yeah. What city is it? It's next to Kent. They call it the Doomsday Ship. No, it's next to that town of the image. Uh, it's near it's Kent. Like southern it's southern England. To, uh, Chatham. It's yeah, southeastern. It's it's it's. I think where the Thames uh, goes out to the ocean. That's yeah, Cityborn and Thames yeah. Estuary. But that's yeah. not good. <laughs> they call yes. it the Doomsday Shipwreck. If anyone, if anyone's local to that area, please reach out. I want to know how what you think about this shit, or if you're just finding out now through us, through four dumb American schmucks. <laughs> well, hey, you know, to lead this all back, this is involving the British, and you know, the British blowing themselves up. Yeah, so, we uh, we are at least not, oh, hey, at least we're not talking about the article. fucking like Korean War for or or sorry, not talking about the Korean War during Korean War podcast. At least it's somewhat relevant. So. This is great. This headline says, A sunken U.S. warship in the River Thames has enough explosives to cause a tsunami. <laughs> As Nate said in our little live stream we did a couple weeks ago, it's four retards watching a war movie and talking about it. That's and what it this is. is a, this is an early title warning for the River Thames. <laughs> <laughs> So you might warning, want to get river, warning. Want to get flooding insurance. Tsunami warning, warning. No, it's tsunami. It's funny right now. Warning. You know. Oh, it's it's, it's a funny. Right it's now. funny right, right now well, because here's it's the thing. Right the good, now, the good yeah. news is when it does inevitably you know happen, I mean. we won't be we won't be surprised. We'll be like, oh, I know about that. I was waiting for that in, bitch to pop off. Yeah. In yes. about 2015, a bunch of my friends, myself, went down to New Orleans to have like a buddies weekend, and we got fucking drunk as shit. And during one of the conversations we had, we were talking about like, hey, what would fuck up society the worst? A war, a civil war, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And one of my friends said a pandemic. So you have no idea how much a pandemic will fuck up society from now and after the fact. We're like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Five years later, <laughs> fucking what happens, you know? So it's it's funny at some points. And then when it happens, you're like, oh, fuck. So right. life is funny like that when you No, but at least at least at least us four retards and people who are listening will be aware of like when it does pop off, they'll be like, Oh, yeah, well Scuttlebutt warned us. 
we knew about this. <laughs> the U.S. Navy's gift to England. Yeah, yeah the, yeah. U- the yeah. U.S. a lot of lot of gifts to England. The guy me. that fucking ran that ship aground is probably dead. So, oh god, yeah. no you one know. responsible for it will ever ever be affected by these problems. He, yeah. he died in a hospice home. Yeah, they, they, he they has will, no idea. That his they will never have to atone for like the fuck up, the colossal fuck up that they did. And, and on that point, to think about. I thought about that in this movie that all of the dudes that dropped those mines that maimed these soldiers bringing it back <laughs> 30 you know they're in their 40s or early 50s if they're even alive working somewhere around the world doing right. whatever you know like the, the people that plant these things don't want these things to happen to these people 40 30 50 100 years later on but it's just unfortunately the circumstances of, of the events you know and it's just crazy to think about that you know Something yep. that somebody did 40 years ago is going to affect somebody that shouldn't be there in the first yep. place. So. Oh, yeah. Crazy, man. And on that note, I think we have arrived at final thoughts. Yeah, we have. So who wants to go first? Uh, Mike, yeah, I'll go, go first. first. Um, so, yeah, like I said, these are the kind of war films, like this and the one we watched last week, um, these are the kind of war films that uh, I want to see made and I want people to acknowledge and watch and um, uh, you know, just freaking, as I've said it before, like just unforgiving dude. And um, what's great about this too, is that it's not like with this movie that, you know, these landmines are there because of them filthy Taliban or something, you know, that they're, you know, fighting it's, it's from a previous thing that, you know, the, the freaking Russians, you know, put there. And, um, it's uh again like i said it, it could have been in any war you know this this situation and um just really good all around we've mentioned everything at this point what's great about it and i highly recommend it and i wish it got more recognition so i'm going to give this one a 9.5 out of 10 decent yeah no this is a really interesting film um that does exactly as advertised you know it shows guys going to a minefield and what you can do to try to get out of one you know it's just this hell of fighting something that you don't see so much in warfare and in like if people want to get into some paramilitary thing like airsoft or reenacting in a way like we're just confronted with direct fire and so many people know how to conflict and confront direct fire means but you know 80 percent of warfare is indirect fire it's artillery shells it's mortar fire it's mines in the fucking ground so to have a you know a film that focuses on that is very interesting and um also something interesting that you know they didn't show in the film is uh these guys had a really long battle once they got home they actually had to uh fight the uk government for their rights like they ended up with like a four or five year long suit or or lawsuit that ended up with like you know millions of pounds of of just coverage for them and they were able to get these really awesome prosthetics and like you know actually able to fulfill and live their lives you know as people again but they had a really really long fight it wasn't just you know getting through this event like everyone that has to deal with a wounding or something it's half of it is is the event that occurs and the other half is the fight to get your life back but they had a really rough road and they had a really bad time it's uh it wasn't an easy road but no it it does a really good job um the only thing that this film lacks is in a few little areas maybe due to budget or like we're saying earlier just early shooting constrictions you know you got to find your groove but uh that being said i'm going to give this film a you know solid nine it's really well done, and so far, as far as I can tell, it's the best Commonwealth perspective film on GWAT. There's really nothing else out there like it, and uh, it's awesome. And I hope my aunt sends me 10 quid for my birthday. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this is, again, every time Brian suggests something to me, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck. It's like a, a dice roll, right? And, uh, but this was fucking amazing. And um, this, like I said earlier, is probably one of the most graphically realistic depictions of the GWAT um, I've ever seen. And I, again, I loved every way it was portrayed. The directing, the acting was phenomenal. The writing was actually really fucking good. Um, I can forgive the minor errors that I saw. The gear was actually really good too. Like the, the, oh, fucking A, they were wearing, you know, Mark 6's DPM Desert, fucking LA, um, 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 pattern 85 or 95 gear, all that shit. It was good to go. They knew how to use their medical equipment. Like, it was like, because it, it's really, it does get complex when you get into medical equipment. Like, even the grunts are trained, but it's like, if you're in that situation, you might not know what, you know, what you need and you might not be carrying enough. And that's why, whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, just the whole overall vibe, uh, and then that there's really no resolution. They just they get out of there, and one of the guys dies. The rest of them are permanently fucking wounded. And then, like Brian said earlier, like they had to fight the government to get their you know prosthetics, which is fuck the UK and the way they treat their vets. But um, yeah. So this is because it was so visceral, and I, I did have to walk away at a couple times because I was like, oh my god. But um no this gets a 96 from me. Yeah, so so this this one was um I I'm glad I was able to get my schedule aligned for this one. I'm glad I saw it. Um it's uh it's really really uh I mean it's it's always hard going last, but it 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 every, what everyone else said I totally agree with. It's definitely a complete uh you know a, a complete different approach to the formulaic uh, uh, routine that we constantly get with war films. And mm-hmm. I think this is a really, really interesting way to go about it. I think it's a good representation of a situation that is just so fucked and unfortunately happened, maybe not to the T that this film represents, but close fucking enough, you know? Um, so... I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go on and on, but like I, I really, really loved all the aspects of what I normally look for and also other aspects of it that I normally don't, you know, grab gravitate to. I think this film does a really good job. However, I do agree with Mike B. There are some things that's like, okay, we've done enough of these and I know enough about tactics and military stuff that I know that this doesn't go here, this doesn't do this, like, oh that's a Hollywoodism. Okay. But it's so minor. Um I'm gonna give this. Um, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this a nine point four screen Mel Gibson's out of ten. I think it deserves that. Nice. Very cool. It's been a while since we've had all nines. Yeah, it, um, it has. Yeah, but this one deserves while. it. Yeah, this one fucking deserves it. Yeah. So, putting this into the computer that will tell us how many mines the Soviets dropped in Afghanistan during their conflict there. We get a score of nine point three four. Yep. Out of see 10. this movie. So it yes. falls in the category of Friday night primetime. It's nine point three fucking four, Ryan. Oh, I'm fucking sorry about that. Nice. Oh yeah, so, fucking. Come on, yeah. you got you got to stop with the fucking realize swearing. What the fuck we're doing here? You, you got to fucking stop swearing. 
goddamn uh, fucking retard. Like, you gotta stop man. fucking swearing, dude. I mean, well, to be correct. Hey, I need some Arabic swears or like you know, some, sorry, some fucking like Hindu. Mike, swears Mike would know that. I don't know. Any of that. Actually, yeah, uh, I, he'd, I, I, he'd, I he'd employ there. But... <laughs> he was employed <laughs> there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a really good movie. Nefsik got a cause. Whatever he said it means fuck yourself, clown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Careful. that's not very that's not very combat, Christian. <laughs> you looked at us. Yes. I'll bleep that out, but I I will bleep it out. I will keep it in there, but I will I will bleep. Yeah, yeah. Beep is listening. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know who you are. <laughs> Gotta get the address from uh, the Monty Python and skit. You, and if you keep, if you've heard this far and you've listened to this, you are a sinner. Yeah. Okay. You've listened to so many cuss words at this point. You are a fat. His sinner. initials are uh, ironically S and M. So what kind of Christian are you, sir? <laughs> not a very good one. <laughs> Jesus would not be fucking happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really awesome movie. Thank you, Sean, was, for your suggestion. So yeah, Sean, yeah. And you're fucking amazing. We'll see you next week, you fucking yes. toe-headed piece of shit. Blonde-haired bandit. We'll see Oh, you. God. Blonde-haired bandit. Wait, what is your quote? You got to read your quote. When you're wounded and left on Afghanistan's plains, and the woman come out to cut up what remains, just roll to your rifle and blow out your brains and go to your god like a soldier. I am the Lorax. I'm here for the trees. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, scuttlebutt out. <laughs>